Our scripture lesson for this All Saints Sunday comes from Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12, and this is what we call the Beatitudes. And sometimes we think that these are criteria for being a saint. But I want to tell you that this is what saints know or try to know. That there is more to life than what is present now. That in God's kingdom, Jesus promises this is the way things will be. And what God does desire for now. Let us listen for God's word. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you. When people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we long to sense that your presence is with us now and always. We long to know that connection to you that is so strong that we are conscious of always being connected to your love. Bless us by your spirit. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. When I was on my sabbatical this summer, I met many saints. Wandering through monasteries and visiting cathedrals, I saw such beautiful icons of saints and heard incredible stories. There is this Saint David who was into prayer so much that he climbed a tree so he wouldn't be bothered in his prayer. 
and he sat up in the tree for three years. And his icon shows this old man up in this almond tree with a great, big, long, scraggly beard sitting there in prayer. How great is that? And there is that incredible icon of St. Anne. I didn't know St. Anne was the Virgin Mary's mother. I don't know. Is that in Scripture? I'm not sure. But there she is in this incredible cinnabar red. And it is so awesome that I am in awe and I want to praise God and be in reverence for that color. Now, as a Presbyterian, I was taught we do not have saints. We just don't do that. And so I always feel a little guilty when I'm there making friends with St. David and St. Anne, St. Demetrius, patron saint of Thessaloniki, a soldier who was martyred because he defied the king and taught the people Christianity, just in case you didn't know. I always feel a little bit like I'm cheating on my Reformed theology. But I can't help it. Those saints' stories are just so fascinating and their icons so beautiful. Well, of course, we have saints in the Reformed tradition. It's just that 500 years ago, Martin Luther, he nailed those 95 theses to the Wittenberg door of the church there, and he said, along with Calvin and the other reformers, you know, saints, as we meet them in Scripture, are just not only these super holy people who climb an almond tree and sit there for three years. You don't have to be killed by a wild beast, for all the saint song, to be a saint. You don't have to be a superhero of the faith. You don't have to be beyond extraordinarily courageous. In Scripture, Luther and Calvin reminded us that a saint is an ordinary person who simply tries to follow the ways of Jesus Christ. Alive, dead, yet to be born. We believe in this communion of saints beyond time and place. And a great, great aspect of our Reformed spirituality is this sacred ordinary. Ordinary people. When Jesus was asked to know about God, Jesus said to people, look at the lilies of the valley. Look at the birds of the air. Go and seek out the woman who is sweeping her floor for a lost coin and go see the day laborers lining up to find work. The ordinary is where we find the Spirit of God. Not just in great icons, but in a handful of dirt a loaf of bread, 
a leaf on the sidewalk. Saints are those ordinary people who in ordinary everyday acts can glimpse that kingdom that will be and is already in our midst. Those saints who weep with those who are weeping, who show mercy and compassion, who hunger and thirst for justice. Saints are those who in ordinary acts seek peace, or practice gentleness and humility. Saints know that faith does not give us a pass on suffering and that we are never alone in our grief or pain. The spiritual practice in Reformed Theology, one of them lifted up by Barbara Brown Taylor, one of our great spiritual teachers of this time, calls it paying attention to God in the everyday or mindfulness or reverence. I took my daughter on a walk with our dog, Sammy, and I told her about this spiritual practice that I have which totally and completely embarrassed her, which, of course, is a bonus, right? When we can embarrass and humiliate our teenagers, it's like, yes, now, is that not a spiritual practice in itself? Okay. Um, so, so one of the things that, that I like to do is I like to find a tree that is big enough that you can put your arms around, not skinny tree, but big tree. And I put my heart right up against that tree. You have to crane your neck a little bit. And this is when Caroline is really walking away. And unless you're willing to get, like, bark uh, imprints on your forehead, but put your chest right on the tree and put your arms around it, and you can feel your heart beat with the life energy that is flowing through that tree. And be connected to that growth that goes down deep into the soil and reaches up to the sky. You really can. You're going to have to try it. I want to see you all in Rock Creek Park hugging trees. I like to find a tree sometimes where it's partially damaged. Maybe it was struck by lightning or another tree fell on it, but then it continued to grow. Because we're like that, aren't we? We get damaged. And yet that tree grew beyond the lightning strike. And so when I have my heart up against that tree, I know that I am connected to the energy of life that goes past 
that damaged part. Reformed spirituality. My other daughter likes to cook, and she loves to cook. But when she decides that it's going to be a cooking day, she researches the most complicated recipes that you can find. And so she decided to make pumpkin spice muffins with cinnamon cream cheese frosting. So there she is, carefully looking for all the spices, right? Gathering everything and carefully, you know, reading the list. And there's the cinnamon, and there's nutmeg, and there's ginger, of course the sugar. And there's about allspice and ground cloves, and and, and there's like 15 spices that go into this. And she's digging through all the spices, and then she comes to this small bottle labeled pumpkin spice, at which point I asked her what was in it. (laughs) It was ginger and cinnamon and nutmeg and ground cloves. It was hilarious. At least I thought so. I was laughing my head off, but she didn't find it so funny. Anyway, in her care that she took to gather all of these things and I watched her and her fascination with the way in which the mixer, the beater was creaming the sugar and butter it was this kind of reverence that I saw And so it was a holy moment for me. And after dinner, we shared the muffins. So delicious. It was a sacrament. A visible, tangible sign of an invisible grace. Now, you will know from your Reformation studies that in Reformed theology, we only have two sacraments, communion and baptism. But I tell you, we can celebrate all those holy moments when we are mindful. It's always there of the spirit that infuses the ordinary. And when we do that in awe and reverence, we are celebrating an invisible grace. All of our meals, all of our walks, our opportunities to practice gratitude for Things like cinnamon and leaves and roots, it's everyday spirituality. Take a moment and consider who you would invite to take on that walk or to gather around the table. Anybody in any time. Living or dead. Who would you invite 
Maybe you would invite children who throw food at the table. I'd like to think I would. Or an uncle who made you laugh at one point and the aunt who said, don't say that. Or my grandmother who baked the most incredible lemon meringue pies. I would want her there. As we gather at this table, they are all here. They are all with us. It's up to us to call them to mind and notice. One of the greatest things about being a part of a church is to know that the people around you are saints and they're here for you and they love you even if they might not know your name. We are bound in God's love. Sometime look and notice something about one of your fellow saints because I tell you you are icons images of God and your stories are incredibly fascinating and you are beautiful Amen.